we're back, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Levon and Sean coming at you. How's it going, Sean? It was good to go back to the ballpark over this last week, wasn't it? It'd take me out to the ball game. <laughs> Even if it was very quiet in that stadium, more quiet than it usually is at T-Mobile Park. Yeah, deafening was... silence. But, you know, it didn't look too different from a standard Mariners game. Right. <laughs> right. But in, in a weird, eerie way, it was more quiet, which is like, how can that even happen? Yeah. No, it, anyway. was, it was pretty it was pretty incredible how limited the the noise was, but it felt great to be out in the world. Yeah. It was cool to see the hot dog vendors back. It was good to see, you know, some bars that were open. Sad to see some go. It looks like one of them left and went up to Ballard. I know this is Seattle centric or centric right now, but uh, yeah, but it was still kind of cool to see that things were open. And there's some sense of normalcy, but not at the same time. There's some deep reminders that we're still in the midst of this thing. Yeah, it is that weird combination of all of a sudden you're you're back in the world, you're back around humans, and watching a game, and enjoying being outdoors, and just drinking, and all the all the stuff that goes along with that. But then, you know, nobody's around you. And everyone's wearing masks and you go into the bathroom and every other stall is covered up. I mean, it, you get, you get the sense of normalcy and then a smack of reality at the same time. Yep. Yep. Even the security lines were like, wow, this is not normal at all. I walked right into the stadium. <laughs> right. Anyway, so let's run through some headlines here. So this kind of actually speaks to our topic today. Biden will announce some actions on gun control soon and name ATF nominee. Uh, U.S. and Iraq agree on an eventual withdrawal from troops. And this was from uh, from NBC here. Now from CNN, uh, the U.K. strain of the coronavirus is now the dominant strain in the United States. Um, the tornadoes are starting to brew in the south. And just recently, uh, there is some violence in Northern Ireland that kicked up again in um in the wake of uh brexit so that's some of the headlines there big ones of course probably the uk strain yeah i think i think we all saw it coming or recognized that it was coming and it's sad to to recognize that we're we're still in the midst of all of this when we we really didn't have to be where we're at i i just keep coming back to that and and really struggling with how how did this become a political issue and a political football to get tossed around and it's so ridiculous to me that that we ended up at this place so i mean it is what it is but it's just really really difficult to to realize that we're we're here it it's likely going to surpass you know 700,000 deaths before we get a real grip on things and and that is just crazy crazy to think about yeah then you have texas hosting forty thousand people in their side inside their new stadium inside their baseball stadium without a mask in sight everybody sit like it's just an absolutely normal game uh, like it was a picture from 2019 and that's not where the surges are like i'm just talking about uh it's not in texas it's in these northern states right now which unfortunately people are bringing it back with them from those uh, those warmer climates right now. So it's just spreading all over. Yeah. And it's going to be less likely to spread in those warmer climates where people are hanging out outside. And so it is sad that 
well, it's not sad. I, I mean, I don't wish it upon anyone, but uh, there's a false sense of um, of success almost when it comes to places like Texas and Mississippi for for folks that want to politicize this. They're they're trying to like rub it in people's faces at this point, and uh, you know, I just want to be like, what? Seriously? What? I, I I just I don't even have the words. Yeah. I don't think any of us do, and, and it's sad to see that start and effect. It looks like it hopefully won't, but it could affect the vaccine uh, effort as well, this political politicization of everything. So that's something to look out for, and hopefully it won't. But again, it's just it's nothing surprises me at this point. All right, well, let's move into our topic today. Ready to piss some people off, Sean? We'll try. I mean, anytime you talk about guns, you're going to piss somebody off, right? So let's, yeah, let's make enemies out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most polarizing issues probably in, in, in modern times. So gun violence, gun culture, gun, gun, guns, Second Amendment, <laughs> AR-15s. That's what all kind of comes to mind when it's on this issue. America. That's what comes to mind for me. America. Get your guns. Mm-hmm. Let's go do it. Get your and guns. I think it's important to say at the front end of this, as we have this conversation, there's three people associated with this podcast, two of whom are gun owners. We're not going to tell you who is who in this process, but <laughs> two out of three of us that are associated are gun owners. So as we move forward, recognize that as part of kind of the complexity of this issue, because I, I think that speaks a lot to um, just how varied people's beliefs are. And, and it's meaningful, in my opinion, to know that um, as we have the conversation. Absolutely. And like you were saying, maybe they won't be able to know at all since we're, I think, going to be pretty fair on this issue, which, again, will probably piss people off. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, as we have this conversation, I think, it, I mean, there's three things that to bring up big time uh, is, first of all, the Second Amendment, the NRA, and where we are now with uh, with gun culture and gun gun violence and, and all that good stuff. So why don't we open it up and let's start with the Second Amendment. As some people like to say, the Second Amendment is there to protect the first. <laughs> As some people like to say, yes. I think the Second Amendment, if if you're ranking things in order, uh, it was clearly important to the founders of this country, and I I believe that there was there was clear intent in the Second Amendment to ensure uh, that we as a nation had the ability to defend ourselves, and I, I think that's evident in the language uh, of the Second Amendment in terms of a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's pretty clear that the intent was as a protection mechanism for the state when the founders were framing this. Now, I I don't think that that is um, the precedent of what the Second Amendment is now. I think there's really clear precedent that uh, we have extended that right past those concepts uh, of the founders. And 
you know, I think that's been really well defended in our courts. I, I don't think anyone can argue against the fact that we have a, a legal precedent in this country that individuals have the right uh, to to maintain ownership of, of weapons and uh, firearms in particular. So for me, the question is not, do we have this right or or is this still relevant? Because I think some people would make the argument that the Second Amendment is no longer relevant. We have we no longer have the need for a militia when we have a military, arguably uh, the most well-equipped and well-armed military in the world. Um, so uh, having a well-armed uh, civilian corps isn't really needed anymore. But that is no longer what the Second Amendment protects, in my opinion. I think the Supreme Court has made this very clear in, in multiple rulings, and and so I. I don't think that there's really much discussion around can we take people's guns? Uh, like the the way the right frames this around like people are out to get your guns uh, is just ridiculous and it's never going to happen. The The precedent is too strong in this country and, and there's far too many fucking people that are fully loaded in this country. So it's just not going to happen. Uh, so in, in terms of the debate, I'm not even sure why we continue to have a debate around are liberals coming for your guns? Cause they're not fucking 50% of them own guns, right? It's not like we're coming for your guns. And that's just the thing is it's another, it's another issue to divide people on. Right. And it's another way to get people out to vote. And so I, I think that there are, like we were saying, you're saying there's a nuanced way of looking at it. And really it's the, it's the right way to kind of look at this, right? Is that, yeah, it's just the reality that, guns are not going to disappear in this country it's just not like get get over yourself honestly and i think that that's the thing is is this whole boogeyman thing of the government coming to get you coming to take guns it, it plays well to to uh, the base right but also we have to interpret this very old statement or const, uh, amendment and apply it into today's world and that's hard that's <laughs> hard man we, we, yeah, we just can't think of it as a blanket, as a blanket thing, right? It's not a black and white thing. It's not that you believe you don't believe in the Second Amendment, or you don't believe in you know in this or that. It's I don't know. I agree. It's not black and white. I I think we try. A lot of individuals try to frame it as such, right? You're either pro-gun or you're anti-gun, and we're not allowed the nuance of what really matters in this conversation. And what I find interesting is actually, I think that uh, Justice uh, Antonin Scalia, uh, one of the most conservative judges in American history, had this right back in 2008. There was uh, a Supreme Court case that was looking at the idea of specifically, does someone have to be part of a a well-organized militia uh, to own a weapon? And the, the Supreme Court affirmed that you did not and validated the interpretation of the amendment that protects uh, individual rights to own a firearm unrelated to the militia and to use that firearm for lawful purposes, such as self-defense with within one's own home um, was, was the language uh, that they were determining. But he went on to say, and I think this is what people don't get is yes, we're affirming that you have the right to own a weapon for self-defense, for hunting, those kinds of activities. But the Supreme Court wrote that uh, the Second Amendment is not a right to keep and carry any weapon whatsoever in any manner whatsoever and for any purpose whatsoever. So basically saying, yes, you have a right 
to own a weapon, but you don't have a right to own any weapon you so choose. Like we have the right to regulate you. Uh, you know, you yes, you can own a handgun to protect yourself in your own home, but you don't get a bazooka, right? Yes, you have a rifle for sporting, but do you really need an assault rifle uh, for sporting? Uh, and those are the questions that I think there's there's more depth to what we have to get into. There's more complexity to the conversation around the Second Amendment other than everybody's just out to take your guns. No, you, you have a right to a weapon, right? I, I'm not arguing that. I, and anybody that is arguing that doesn't have the law on their side. But we can have a conversation about, you know, do you really need a high capacity magazine to go hunting or to protect yourself in your own home? What is the purpose of a high mag or high capacity magazine other than to kill a whole lot of people at one time? Those are the questions we have to start asking. It's not, do you have a right? You have the right. The law is behind you. But what do you have the right to? And at what point do you cross the line and do we create more harm than we do infringing on your right and, and that's the question at what what point is that line yeah it, yeah i mean you have yeah exactly and that's the thing is you look at this issue you say you do have the right to protect yourself with whatever that that you can protect yourself with whatever you want to protect yourself with right and that can, you know that can be that can be a gun yes that that is your right and it's even, you could say it's a human right to protect yourself, right? I'm not going to get to the point of saying that that is just associated with guns. But I'll say that you have you have right to, to carry that and protect yourself. and, and But you got to know that uh, statistically you're at more harm of harming yourself with that gun than really anybody else. But yeah, also you could protect yourself with tasers and, and, and mace and whatnot and stuff. But... There is that, I think it kind of comes to that culture of, of guns. The only way to protect myself is through a gun, right? And so I think that's that's a uniquely American thing, that the only, the only way to use force is through a high-powered weapon. Yeah, and I think the point around what, what is the, the real risk of owning a firearm, uh, because one of the most common responses for people in terms of why do I own a gun is um, for my protection or to protect my family or to protect my home. And where I get that and where studies show that people feel safer when they have a weapon in the home, the truth is that weapon is more likely going to be used against someone in that household, whether they turn it on themselves or, or someone in that household turns it on someone else in that household, that is the most common issue when it comes to uh, gun deaths in this country. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that argument, where I get it, and, and people do feel safer, you have, to, you have to weigh that feeling of safety versus the risk that you put you and your own family at. And, and of course, there are ways to to be a good gun owner and there are ways to protect your family, but you have, you have to be committed to that because the real risk of having that weapon in the home is to you and your family. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is no, know, know those risks. That's all I ask is know those risks, you know? And if you want to, yeah, if you want to go target practice, go target practice. If you want to go hunt with it, beautiful. 
beautiful. But make sure that you're, you're trained, that you understand that these are high-powered weapons. And, and I'm not talking just with uh, Armalites or AR-15s. And that's what Armalite stands for, or that's what AR-15 stands for, is Armalite, not assault rifle, libs. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so you can go, yeah, go to shooting range. Go, go, go do that, you know. Some people say that target practice helps them clear their mind and and being in the moment and it's like a meditation for them so have at it man have at it and just know that there has to be some training and safety guidelines involved and that's just i think where people maybe on the right get confused and conflate it with you're trying to regulate me you're trying to you take it take my rights away because you want me to understand how this works when i know how it works yeah but you do yeah and in reality there's there's partial truth there right because the truth is yes i want to regulate you no i don't want to take your guns away um and i think that that's part of the conversation too is there is this this crazy gun culture in the u.s where you have the ultimate right to carry whatever you want to own whatever you want and you have no ability to regulate or maintain any safety protocols around what i do with my weapons and that is fucking insanity. That is the problem. We have to have strong regulations around firearms in this country. We know that quality gun regulations lead to fewer deaths. We know that. Mm -hmm. How do we know that? Because the rest of the world does it and they have far fewer deaths due to weapon, due to guns than we do. So uh, this idea that it, it, it doesn't have an impact. Yes, it does. We can see it around the world. This is a this is a uniquely American problem. And the reason for that is because our gun laws are uniquely American. The rest of the world regulates who owns guns, how many guns people can own, what you can do with those guns. Mm -hmm. The rest of the world has figured it out and they're not killing each other at the same rate that we are killing each other. The the statistics are vastly different. So, no Nobody's taking your guns, but yes, we should regulate guns because we know that it saves lives. And I think that's where the real conversation is. Where are those lines? How do we regulate in a way that allows those who can appropriately own and maintain weapons to do so and ensures that we limit, because we're never going to eliminate, but we limit the number of people who should not be gun owners from being gun owners. And why is it that, that we're more heavily regulated on driving a vehicle than owning a gun? They both can do catastrophic damage. They both require somebody to have a maturity level and an understanding of the risks involved. And they both have proven safety protocols that we should all be following. Why are we not requiring people to prove themselves a qualified gun owner when we require them to prove themselves a qualified driver? There's no difference. It's not taking away a right. It's just ensuring that you are protecting that right and that you are protecting me when you get that right. Because I have a right to be protected too from your dumbass that doesn't know how to fucking use a weapon. Kind of like masks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Same motherfucking principle. 
Except a mask doesn't require training. It just you know requires that, that well, you just put it on your goddamn face. And cover your fucking nose. And cover your nose. Like, that anyway, seems to be the hard part for people to Maybe we out. do have to walk through mask training. <laughs> maybe we do. Anyway. So, like you were saying, though, with uh, with training and, and knowing, you know, kind of what we were both talking about there, and knowing the, the risks and everything, there was an organization not so long ago that supported that and supported its members in safety and training and not, you know, not being all crazy about it and wacky as it is now. It was the NRA, National Rifle Association. They were born out from sport and, and education of weapons and guns. Yeah. Not like how it is now. From my cold, dead hands. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to take away from your train of thought there. That's that okay. was just my best but Charles and Heston. I thought I nailed it personally. <laughs> I think you did. I think you got it. But I think that's the that's the uh, it's a subject that when we talk about guns, that's that's just another thing that's brought into this. That's another dynamic is the NRA. Yeah, well, I think that speaks to to gun culture in general. Mm-hmm. And they and they they use that the Second Amendment as to gain their support, to gain membership, to gain to say to people, you know, they're going to take your guns away, all that stuff. Then then their membership goes up. I don't know about membership with this, but gun ownership did go up uh, during the pandemic, you know? So, so there's like these correlations, you know, between when shit is going on in the world, people are buying guns and the NRA has done well to exploit that sort of thing nowadays where they're, they're in the, in the pockets of, of politicians. They've transitioned like probably around the eighties with Reagan and into this, monster yeah i think it follows kind of the trail of the conservative party in a lot of ways right this this creation of a fear and othering really playing to the idea of uh race and uh you know thugs is such a a a dog whistle term uh around uh, people of color coming to get you right and needing to protect yourself and and i i personally think there's a there's a pretty significant racial undertone to the nra and and what it has created over the years and and how it's it's propped its membership up it it really uh is focused on fear and the idea that we we can only protect ourselves if if we're the one with the gun right uh, the only solution for a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And, and we just know that's not the answer. Um, it, it's proven time and time again uh, that a good guy with a gun is not going to stop the bad guy with the gun uh, before they, they create the damage. And so those, those messages that the NRA has put out, the talking points that they've created, the fear that they've generated, and once again, kind of this hard push towards it's, it's black and white, right? It's all or nothing. You either fully support it or you are against it really kind of creates that, that battlefield uh, that we've been talking about in so much of our podcast and, and the extremism that we see in our, our political discourse today. And, and guns are just a way that they've, they've been able to leverage or another social issue that they've been able to leverage to separate us. Absolutely. And so the, the NRA was a perfect median for that in that sense, and in, in dividing and using that as this is division to 
to win people over on an issue. And it's a corporation that has been making billions of dollars off of this, right? Off of this industry. They're going bankrupt now because they're sketchy as shit. Surprise, surprise. And they thought that they had every politician in their pocket. But, you know, that that is part of this. It is big business that we're talking about. And the NRA has been one of the strongest lobbying groups uh, in the country for a long time. And they, they've made a lot of money doing that. And so uh, as much as we want to talk about the politics behind this, uh, politics is always about uh, power and resources. And the NRA has definitely leveraged that in their favor for a lot of years. Thankfully, it looks like they've taken a few body blows here. They're not going to go away. But I sure the hell hope that we don't see them for a while as they go through this bankruptcy process. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a whole other host of issues on their hand. But the thing is, like, I think it goes back to the principles of it that, I, I, you know, I like I like what they stood for back then. <laughs> so, yeah, the NRA is, yeah, they have they have their issues going on right now. But yet, like you said, they are going to be remaining prevalent and and in the in the shadows or in the forefront as well. <laughs> Let's be real. But the, yeah, they write legislation. They they want, you know, they push for teachers in school, whatever pushes the bottom line of, you know, guns. <laughs> anyway. So moving on from the NRA, let's talk about where we are now with gun violence, gun culture, in particular gun violence and deaths and everything. 2020, surprisingly 2020, despite a pandemic, despite social distancing and people being, you know, away from each other, it was one of the deadliest years on record when it comes to gun violence with injuries and deaths. Yeah, well, one of, one of the things that we have to be aware of and really thinking about and we we spoke to it here uh, but it, it's the reality that guns um, are are not killing bad guys right guns are killing abused women guns are killing depressed teenagers that's what guns are doing and and yeah there's crime and and yes there's mass shootings but the truth is the the majority of the deaths that are associated with guns are associated with those kinds of issues. And so in a time where we are forced to isolate with our families and be alone in our space, the fact that gun deaths went up should tell us who's dying, right? Like it's, it's not the bad guy down the street and it's not the air quote here thug. It, it is the abused woman next door and it is the depressed kid down the street. That's who's dying. And, and we have to we have to recognize that and and that if that doesn't move us to look at how how we regulate and how we impact uh, how guns are used some something should like maybe mass shootings in schools should 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 as a society uh, i think that should be where that line of unacceptability is is crossed but it doesn't seem like that that is the case, unfortunately. And neither, you know, like the things that you say, neither is the the women being abused at home or the depressed kids or people killing themselves, you know? Even that doesn't cross lines of unacceptability. So, yeah, we're, we're in this really dangerous area of things with, yeah, it, it's, we're de- so desensitized that, oh, it's another school shooting. And oh, we're back to, we're back to where we were in, in, in 2019 as we are in 20. 2021 when really in reality we were we never really left that normalcy in a sense so that's what's disturbing yeah i think the other part 
that should disturb people is how little we actually hear about it. The only time gun deaths really get our attention in the U.S. Uh, is when you kill a, a large amount of people, right? It's it's mass shootings, it's school shootings. That's what grabs our attention anymore. So how desensitized are we that a random shooting on a Tuesday down the street just doesn't even get, garner our attention anymore? 25,000 people kill themselves in a year. And we don't talk about that. That That's more than the rest of the deaths related to, to gun violence in the United States. And, and how we're not talking about that. That's not a topic that that makes the news. It, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. It, it does not. I, I mean, for, for me and I, probably for you too, is uh, Columbine is really the, the big kind of first event of, of that. And, and there was a lot of tension brought to that at the time. This is a big societal issue. Now it's just down to these, you know, uh, lone gunmen sort of, th- sort of things, lone wolf, as they like to say. Um, and they, yeah, they characterize those guys as that as well. But, but there's start, there's starting to be more attention drawn to how deadly guns are and, <laughs> and legislation that was uh, around that time that impacted impacted that and is impacting us now yeah the other the other thing we probably should have some conversation around is you know how disproportionate uh gun violence is in communities of color and and that that's just a reality right like um 37 percent of gun homicides were black males even though they make up two percent of the population that's a that's a real number that's extremely disproportionate and and we have to have some real conversations about why it's so disproportionate um, and and the answer is not based in in race in my opinion it's just not it's about uh, socioeconomic status it's about where individuals are located how they're policed and the the labels that are put on individuals all of those things contribute, uh, as well as a system that uh, arrests black males at a rate that is astronomically higher than their white counterparts, and the impact that having a criminal record has on an individual, and what happens after that in terms of the ability of those individuals to um, find work and find housing and safe locations, all of those kind of things play into it. It is a socioeconomic issue. It is a structural racism issue, and it is a guns issue. It is not a racial issue. And that, I think, is something that we have to look at as we begin to talk about real legislation that impacts how guns are used and the violence that's perpetrated with them. No doubt, no doubt. Looking at it in the overall big picture of it and how, how it does yeah affect the affect disenfranchised populations absolutely all right well we talked a lot about this issue today many different angles of it many different things that affect it but also at the same time we didn't get to everything because again just like all the issues that we talk about in here it is there is a lot more to them but i think that we really hit on the issues of how nuanced this is and how it's not black and white and that there's a lar- bigger picture to it as well as you were wrapping up more you know on your last thought there Sean of how this affects disenfranchised communities and 
how policy has has impacted our issues today and that violence is it's human nature but when given a gun it could do a lot more damage yeah and i think that's an area that we we didn't talk a lot about that seems to be an ever increasing concern when it comes to gun violence and and that is hate and, and mass shootings right we we saw the atlanta spas a mass shooting where eight were killed and um you know that that's clearly a, a hate related crime and I, I think we could even go back to oh the the young kid i, I cannot remember his name all of a sudden um, it's okay we, we don't need to. <laughs> it, i know he it's Char- charlottesville yeah yeah i mean so there's you know there's just there's so many examples of where hate is becoming more and more deadly um and and guns definitely play a role in that and uh, I think that we we have to be open to having that conversation as well. Is how do we how do we really control who ends up with a gun? Because um, hate is going to lead us uh, to these to these really sad endings too often. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So many again, so many different dynamics of this. But well, shall we wrap up wrap down after this? subject another sobering subject that we bring on here (laughs) but important sounds like a plan all right well what are you looking forward to the next week sean yeah for me um i'm just getting past the birthday so i am kind of settling back into being an old man and uh i'm looking forward to getting closer to an in-person rugby game as fun as the mariners were i'm i'm ready for for that um trying to make some plans to go see some family I haven't seen, uh, in, in quite a while. So th- although that's not this week, um, starting to, to look forward to some of those things that I now get an opportunity to do. That's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Enjoy it while we can, honestly. Absolutely. Seriously. Enjoy that while, while you can, while I can, while everybody can, who is fully vaccinated and safe to, or safe to do so take those moments and don't forget them because we don't know we could be right back where we were i hope not but uh yeah anyway that's just where my mind goes a way to bring it down right at the end i know why do i have to do that (laughs) but no i mean but there's that's actually kind of good too at the same time because like you said we get to go you know go to see live rugby go see family that's so important and and now it's i hope that we have that thought in the back of our head now <laughs> that this can we should we shouldn't take this for granted <laughs> so some positivity there as well yes sir so yeah what i'm looking forward to it's not necessarily what i'm looking forward to but what i'm going to uh, look into more here is this she's going on in northern ireland right now i was there two years ago uh, this week in belfast and it was just amazing to be in that city where there's so much divide and divide honestly that we in in the united states don't really see on that scale where there's actually literal literal wall between two neighborhoods one of catholic national irish nationalist and one on the other side of unionist protestant and to be respectful nowadays uh there are many different religions in northern ireland so this unionist and nationalist is more of the proper way to present this issue but Anyway, I, I, <laughs> I could teach a whole history lesson on Northern Ireland, but 
I was there. Yeah, I was just there two years ago. It's really sad to see that there's violence there again going on, and that there's petrol bombs being thrown. And there's eight eight police officers that were injured. And I'm just I'm concerned, honestly, that that they're returning to this uh, state of affairs like it was in the '80s or in '90s. So I hope not. And I think, but it seems like Brexit is kind of fanning some flames with that. And so much more to look into with that. So that's just. What I'm going to do, and yeah, uh, just looking forward to more live sporting events in person. Sounds great. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I'm good if you're good. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Catch us next time. I hope you all have a healthy, brilliant week. See you guys later. Bye bye. <laughs>